You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo! (laughs) How about that? It's time once again for the Hey, It's Enrico Palazzo Baseball Podcast, episode 26. Today, your hosts, Christopher Deary and Michael Govier, bring you fantasy baseball analysis from all six divisions. Plus, they break down the latest release schedule by Major League Baseball. Take it away, boys! Baseball season is here. It's the hey, it's Enrico Palazzo. Base Palazzo or Palazzo? How do you say it? I say Palazzo, but uh, yeah, I've heard Palazzo as well. There's no T, but I don't know how like uh, Italian words are uh, pronounced. <laughs> I think in the actual movie clip he says Palazzo. Well, you all heard it at the beginning of the show. It's Enrico Palazzo. That's what it sounds like to me. Anyways. It's the Hey, it's a Rico Palazzo Baseball Podcast. It's episode 26. We're here today with just the two of us. No guests, just me and Deary. Good old-fashioned Christopher Deary talking fantasy baseball. What's the good word in the baseball world today, Chris? Uh, we've been having some inter-squad games. Uh, I wish I could see see or hear some of these games, but I did hear that the Tigers inter-squad game was on Facebook Live today. The white squad against the orange squad. 
Mm. Uh, but yeah, there's been some inter squad games. There's been some huge catch by Derek Hill today. It's been like the highlight of the day all over Twitter. Over the shoulder, incredible grab by the somewhat regarded prospect Derek Hill. Not that great of a prospect. Yeah, he will always be in the top twenty of their prospects, but probably never make the bigs because the guy can't hit a lick. So, right, exactly. Yeah, that's what I've been told. There's also Daz Cameron. Then now you got Riley Green in the mix in terms of young outfielders in the Tiger system. But hey, it's cool to see a Tiger make the catch of the day. This is the Hey, it's a Rico Palazzo baseball podcast. We're on Twitter, Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. And we're on Instagram even. We don't use it very often, but we are there if you want to pop in, Palazzo Podcast. And of course, you can email the show, Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's at protonmail.com. Calm. Today's show, me and Deary will get into some spring training talk, summer camp talk. Then we'll talk about the release schedule and we'll talk about more people sitting out, uh, having COVID force themselves out. And in the main fantasy breakdown, we will talk about each division. There are three divisions this year with all three East, Central and West being combined into one. No, Mike, there are six divisions. <laughs> well, not this year, but there are. Yeah. You're no, right. Mike, it's still six divisions. But it's not, though. It's like, it is, though. <laughs> like they're lumped into uh, three divisions. Schedule-wise, they are, but that's not how it's going to shake out when they roll the standings out. I guess you're right. That is true. <laughs> I guess I just think about how they're playing each other. It's yeah, like, yeah. Right. I mean, obviously, if it was just three divisions, then it would be set up completely different because there still is an American and National League when it comes to the playoffs. I yeah, would have liked right. it to be just three divisions of 10. That would have been super fun. And then you take, you know, whatever from there, you take, let's say, the top 12 to 16 teams overall, and then you run a playoff from there. That would have been, would have been more exciting. So I'm actually confused why they did keep it the way they did. You're totally right, Chris. Thanks for clarifying. There are six divisions. So we'll cover all six divisions today, kind of look at uh, each division from a fantasy perspective, and then we'll take a little stroll casual stroll out to the mound. We'll talk about Jake Diekman has some strong comments about playing during COVID. Very interesting. And then we'll do a little shine or ride the pine and uh, we'll see what we think on our own thoughts as we get that much closer to an actual season of baseball. 60 game projections that could really bear fruit. Very exciting. Very, very exciting. I can hear your voice today. You're ecstatic. Yeah, I'm jacked, man. I'm ready to do this show. I'm pumped. I love this show, and I think uh, we got so much baseball in front of us. I think it's really going to happen, so let's get to it. Let's get into leading off. Okay, so it's summer camp, Deary. Uh, spring training part two, the sequel, the return, whatever the hell you want to call it. And uh, we've like, had. Yeah, I like that. The return, spring. Yeah. Training. It's like a movie trailer coming this summer. Summer camp two. Summer but, camp uh, two, controlled by COVID. That's right. Yeah, that's like the big bad guy. That's like the Jason who's trying to <laughs> take Manhattan. I never saw Jason Takes Manhattan, but I don't think it was. Oh, very I good. love Jason Takes Manhattan. That's actually one of my favorites. What? Really? Yeah, they're stuck on this boat. This like huge yacht, a bunch of like it's like a senior trip, but like they're just like right off of Manhattan or something. It's very odd. And then uh he's on the boat and then he gets off the boat and terrorizes the city. I love Jason Dick's Manhattan. Well, hey, I had no idea there was a boat involved. It sounds like he was in the city, but what, what Oh no, a majority, a majority of the movie they're on the boat. It's not he's not into the city till the end of the movie. It's actually all takes 
place on this boat, this big, huge, like yacht. With a oh, bunch of, like, they're rich. Real. They're like rich Manhattanites, probably. That's exactly what it is. Yep. Uh, okay. Now I understand. Well, hey, if you never see Jason Takes Manhattan, go back in time and check it out. There's a lot of Jason movies, but in terms of minimal COVID problems, that is not what's going on in summer camp right now. We have more people testing positive or waiting tests. We have teams shutting down camp. The Giants closed down camp. The Cardinals closed down camp temporarily because of this huge testing that just went through. So what you have going on is a bunch of tests that were done over the last week or so, and the results are still not there. And from what I gather, the testing facility is overwhelmed. And one of the secrets beyond the COVID testing is PED testing. I am wondering if PEDs are going to get more of a pass this year because there's such an overwhelming amount of COVID tests that have to be done that I'm hearing this the facility in Utah that does the PED testing is way behind and can't keep up with demand and so on and so forth. So what do you think of that? Is that crazy? Wow. Uh, that's not something I ever thought of, heard about yet, but uh, that's really fascinating. So what, this Utah clinic that does all the PED testing, they're backed up with COVID testing? Uh, well, I think I'd have to confirm if it's two different uh, facilities that do the test, but I do know the PED testing is done in a facility in Utah that MLB has a deal with. And I know that they were overwhelmed and behind. So I'll have to confirm the COVID toppling that. But it is a real problem if they can't keep up on PED testing. Players might try to take advantage of that. I know it's a radical thought, and we don't have any proof to verify that. But uh, hell, I don't know. I might do it if I was a player. Where's the study to see if PEDs uh, helps uh, with COVID infection? Oh, but oh boy, everybody could be on PEDs this year. Someone's hitting 65 home runs in 60 games. <laughs> Guys are throwing 112. That, wow, dude, that would be sweet. Okay. Sure, they can pit every day. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's okay. an interesting. That's, that's interesting. I hadn't heard that about uh, the, the PEDs. And yeah, maybe you just throw a waiver out this year. Uh, no PED testing this year. Okay, so here it is the sports medicine research. Research and Testing Laboratory in South Jordan, Utah. There were 3,185 samples collected and tested the first week of intake testing. So they're doing the COVID testing in South Jordan, Utah. Okay. Okay. And at the same time, this is the same clinic that is responsible for doing PED testing. So if they're both priorities, one can't be both. There's a priority has the definition in itself, meaning, hey, this is a priority. So something is more important than something else. And that means the COVIDs are, are clearly more important than the PED testing. So I wonder if uh, that'll lead to somebody maybe getting away with something. Like, uh, you know, remember Jorge Polanco got busted for 80 games. Uh, Michael Pineda, his teammate, was busted last year. So uh, there's just a holiday that just happened as well. And... Also, MLB has their head up their own ass. They're kind of behind on all of this. They don't seem to really be in gear with getting tests shipped out, done, sent back, and having an expediency on the results. It seems like uh, it's a real mess. Yeah, some you need to know within 24 hours uh, if you are positive for COVID. I mean, my wife got tested, and she, 16 hours later, she knew. And that I mean, that was earlier in in, in the year. That was. In, April, I believe. But yeah, this could be a real mess if it's taking a while for for the tests to come back and the results to come back, especially in season when you're going to be testing a ton in season. And you're not only testing the players, you're, you're 
you're testing everybody else who is in contact with those players and within the organization. So it's it's a lot to take on. So yes, this lab I just verified it's the only lab that does the COVID testing. There is talks with the Players Association, according to Ken Rosenthal. He said that there's a discussion going on about actively pursuing an additional medical lab site to increase the speed and efficiency of test processing and reporting. So yeah, this is the only place doing it apparently for MLB. And that's why Mike Rizzo said what he said recently about it being completely unsafe for everybody involved in these camps and MLB needs to work quickly to resolve issues with their process and their lab. Otherwise summer camp and the whole season are at risk. Absolutely. With, with games starting in two weeks, you, this stuff, it needs to be locked down and you need a really, really solid process to, for everything to go smoothly or else we're going to end up getting shut down in baseball. So yeah. get shit together, MLB. <laughs> How many times have we had to say that this year? Get your shit together, MLB. I think everyone's been saying that. Yeah, get the shit fixed. You know, what the hell, man? It just goes on and on and on. It, so you can blame the lab, you can blame MLB, and they all blame each other and blah, 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 blah. But they processed 3,500 tests in the matter of five days right before 4th of July. So that's a lot of lab tests to verify and then verify again to make sure. Because sometimes you get false positives on COVID tests. It's just a huge mess. And I'm trying to relate the overall message here for everybody is that COVID is not going away. It's a big problem. And if MLB is not ahead of the game, it's only going to make the likelihood of a possible season not happening more likely. Yep. Absolutely. Which is a bummer. And nobody wants to see that. So, anyways, summer camp goes on. There's uh, intra squad games happening, like we said. Derek Hill's great catch. Apparently, Yoannis uh, Cespedes is mashing in Mets intra squad games uh, or, or BP. Or, it's mostly just BP. I saw Giancarlo Stanton was struck up by Clark Schmidt yesterday when I watched a little bit on MLB Network. And the umpire is like one of the teammates or the bat, one of the coaches. <laughs> yeah, I saw that he's just got like a, a chest protector on, uh, like the catcher's helmet, and he's got, he's got the he's got the sliding pants on and everything. It's hilarious. But that was par for the course. Uh, Stanton uh, striking out. Oh, of course, Clark Schmidt though is in the camp and pitching, and he was a guy that was not supposed to be ready, and now he's there. He is. I mean, he's in the camp. Who knows? Who knows? This is we could really see some bizarre things with guys that we didn't think play or would be ready to play who were still prospects, maybe an A ball, maybe double A Wander Franco. I mean, maybe that's a guy who's really going to play now. I mean, it's very possible, very possible, but I do know that teams are greedy and they want to conserve the time because arbitration and all that stuff that comes up. Don't want to lose those service years. I understand that too, but let's talk about the schedule then Deary. So the schedule was actually released. We have a real MLB schedule, 40 divisional games, 20 on the home, 20 on the road, 20 interleague games, 10 at home, 10 on the road. And the Tigers, just for local interest, start with the Reds in Great American Ballpark. What do you think of that? That's fun. So the Reds usually have that first day game, right? They, they always play that like one o'clock day game on, you know, they've been doing those opening night games. But the Reds traditionally always have that first game to be played at one o'clock. It's the first yeah, pitch. It was always supposed to be the very first game yeah. of any game. Was the original Guess what time they're playing? They're playing at eight o'clock. Oh, well, we're in the dead of summer now. It's, it's even in Cincinnati, it's hot, but that does suck. Sorry, Cincinnati. Yeah, t- Tigers open up with 20 games. I think there's uh, seven or eight game, eight teams that open up 20 games in 20 days, which is just wild. I mean, every team only gets six days off. And, uh, it's going to be tough for those teams that got to start off right away. But, I mean, everyone's going to be in the same stretch. Do you want to have those those games early? You guys, you want to have those games late? When do you want your off days? So it's 
it's a lot to deal with. That's a lot of games. The good news is teams are not going to be traveling across the country. Um, I think you put in here that uh, the Rangers have to travel the most, and I think it was the Brewers travel the least. Like the Brewers, everybody's right there within two or three states, which is great. Obviously, the Rangers and all those Texas teams got to go out to California and Seattle and all that stuff. So that's going to be a little further trek for them. Oh, baby, you bet your bottom dollar. I'd buy that for a dollar. Ha! Robocop, I love it. How about this, though? They're still going to do that silly Field of Dreams game that they remember they had this uh, planned like a year ago. They're going through with it on August 13th. It's going to be live from the cornfields of Iowa, dearie. Are they still doing the same teams? I thought it was supposed to be Yankees, White Sox. Is, well, is it still yeah, that, them? what's changing is that uh, it was going to be the Yankees and the Cardinals or the Yankees, White Sox. Now it'll be White Sox and the Cardinals. Oh, they, they can't control. because of yeah, the way the divisions are set up now. Yeah. AL Central, NL Central alignment. Yeah. So That's no stupid. Yankees. <laughs> of course it's stupid, but it will be kind of cool. I, I mean, I don't love Field of Dreams like some people do, but it'll be kind of cool to see people playing at a cornfield. We should do a pod just about Field of Dreams one day. I got, I got. I got some some issues with it, but it's so hard to not love the movie because it was such a part of my like nine, ten, and eleven years of age. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds like we should have you on the Cinema Nine Pod. We should do that movie and talk about it in detail. That's the movie pod. That would be great. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you guys to do a sports movie on Cinema Nine. Have oh, me on. With those two guys, woo, fat chance. But if I get the choice, I'll try to make it happen. But <laughs> make it a day that they're both on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those guys don't like sports. But as far as the schedule goes, the percentage of division games goes up dramatically. It's 47%. Now it's up to 67% of the schedule. So it's a huge chunk. So if you happen to be playing in the AL Central, where there's some crappy teams like the Royals and the Tigers, the Twins get to just feed. They get to go to town on those teams. So that's a real bonus for the Twins and the Indians and even the White Sox who are in between that middle ground of trying to be a good team, but they're not a bad team either. They're finding their way right now. Yeah, I I actually went through earlier today and went through every division and I went through every team and every schedule and just kind of made some points on each team. Um, I should have shared this with you, but there's, there's some really interesting parts of some team's schedule based on like who they finish with. Some teams like will finish with like three series outside of their division, like normal division, which is kind of odd. Um, what's one of the crazier notes I have on here? Um, yeah, the, the Twins from August 7th to August 23rd, they only play the Royals and the Brewers over 16 games. They play the Royals in three different series. Wow. <laughs> over 16 games, they only play two teams. It's kind of crazy. God, that is so, that'll be so weird to see. You're right. What a bizarre, repetitive thing, but Going from no sports to having baseball every day will still be great. But you're right. It will be an anomaly, a rare sighting, a unique experience for all of us. I completely agree. And opening night is July 23rd, Thursday night, live from Nationals Park. It's the Yankees and the defending World Series champion, Washington Nationals, at 7.08 p.m., live from our nation's capital. And then there's a follow-up on the West Coast, Giants-Dodgers. At Dodger Stadium, Chavez Ravine. So that'll be Thursday night. Get ready. We're counting it down. 7.08 p.m. Eastern time. That is two weeks two from weeks tomorrow. Week. Yeah. Very excited for that. And then Friday is the full slate, July 24th. Looks like everybody's playing, man. We got the Braves at the Mets. Tigers at Reds, like we said. Uh, Jays, Rays, Marlins, Phillies, Royals, Indians, and so on. Brewers at Cubs is always fun. And it's going to be a great day. Friday, July 24th. 
I'm going to clear my schedule and I'm going to watch baseball all day because the first game doesn't start till 4:10 though. So it's not like really? I, we get to sit down at like one o'clock, like you said, and watch the first game. Yeah, usually you get you know four different time slots on the first day. That's very odd. Uh, yeah. I'll have all my devices out for sure. Um, <laughs> I don't get to use that damn MLB package I paid four months ago. Yeah, well, did you pay the full price at the time? Yes. So do you get like a refund? It's only sixty bucks, right? It's still fifty nine ninety nine, from what I hear. I haven't heard anything in re- in response. I haven't gotten any emails or anything. I I think they're just kind of trying to sweep that one under the door. I don't know. Maybe I get next year half off or something like that. You know me. I'm not going to make the effort to call or email anybody. So, nope. I, I I do know you, but I mean that's still bogus. There's a lot of people who paid for that, and they probably got screwed. But you know, as far as the schedule, it'll be fun to see how it plays out. I'm looking forward to it. Fantasy wise, the schedule provides some teams a great opportunity to mash on crappy pitching. Like I said, the Twins get to load up, and then they get to go over to the NL Central, though. That's where things get different for a team like the Twins because they got to play the Brewers, the Cubs, the Cardinals. The Reds, the Pirates are one other team. The bottom three teams of both centrals, I think it's fair to say, are the Pirates, Tigers, and Royals. And those are three of the worst teams in baseball. Yeah, but besides those three teams, you know, you, you got the Indians, Twins, and White Sox. I think anyone can win that division. And then the four other teams in the NL Central, I think any of those teams can win the division. So that's that's why I was kind of looking to see who, who starts with who and, and who finishes with who, specifically within this division. Um, you know, the, the White Sox, they're, they're a team. They start off with the Twins and Indians to start. So that's going to be a nice barometer right away to figure out, uh, you know, where they're at. Um, and then they finish Reds, Indians, Cubs. So that's that's another thing where what I've always liked about the MLB schedule is that you finish within your division. They switched that the last few years. Um, but now the way this schedule is set up is some of these teams are going to be playing National League teams and vice versa in the end, which is going to be going to be really wild. And, uh, you know, if you get especially if you're trying to chase a team. I think I was looking, who is it? Looking at the West here. Yeah, it's the uh, the uh, the Astros. The Astros finish with, they're done with the A's and the Angels like before, like like first week of September. And then the rest of their game is are against the bottom tier teams in the AL West or against the NL West. So if the, if the Astros are trying to chase the Angels or A's, they're not going to have head-to-head games against them. So That's true. That's a really good point. Yeah, well, like we said, the Rangers have the longest amount to travel, and the Brewers have one of the shortest amounts to travel, so it's nice to be in Milwaukee. Milwaukee. But I think the schedule otherwise, I just think about teams that can dominate pitching, and I would love to load up on as many Twins offensive hitters as I can while still getting value in the fantasy drafts. But the Astros get to play the Dodgers. That'll be wild to see because there's a lot of hate there. I mean, we, they get 10 games between each other. Isn't that cool? I mean, that's that's fun. That that is fun. Uh, a team like the Nationals, they play uh, two series against Baltimore, like within three series. So they have they have six games against Baltimore with within like an eight day span, which is crazy. So they'll be feasting on that pitching. And then I look at uh, the Atlanta Braves have a really tough stretch. They have this seventeen game stretch where they play the Nats, Phillies, Yankees, and Red Sox. That's going to be a really really big stretch of games for the Braves if they want to win the NL West or the NL East. No doubt about it, man. God, I can't wait for this. This is going to be wild. I was really against it, but now I've grown to look forward to this and just kind of take it for what it is. It's just one crazy-ass season, right? That's what's exciting. Um, in terms of opt-outs, I mean, this is kind of old news by now, but David Price was the big name over the weekend that is sitting out. And then Nick Barkakis was revealed. Not as big a name, but Nick Barkakis is a guy who's 
he's I think he has the most hits in the 2010s. He's been a very consistent hitter, although he's more of a platoon guy for Atlanta. David Price setting out opens up a spot for the Dodgers. It's almost convenient for them because they have so many damn arms. Yeah, yeah. With uh, with Price being out, it's not like the, I mean David Price was pretty solid for the Dodgers when they got him last year, and I think yeah. a lot of people saw him as a very solid pitcher this year for the Dodgers, especially if you play in a league where wins are there. But that just opens up a spot. I mean, I think Urias is going to be really good for them. Dustin May is obviously going to be their number five now, and you still got a guy like Ross Stripling there. So like. They already had seven or eight starters anyways, so it's not going to kill them too much. No, you're totally right about that. You know what I do wonder, though? Um, Would somebody like David Price come back for the playoffs? Uh, That's a great question. I don't know what the... Is that possible? Can he do that? Would he do it? Let's say fall comes and shit. COVID is gone. Yeah. Okay, sure. Why not? But even if that was the case, but what what if he says, okay, now I feel safe and uh, I'll I'll go and I'll pitch for you guys. Even if that was the case in the normal season, you have to be on the active roster by September 1st, I think, to still be on the playoff roster. And now that it's all jacked up, I don't know what the ruling is on that. That's something we should look into. It's a great question, Deary. I'm sure they covered it because they, despite being a bunch of bumbling doofuses, MLB usually covers all the bases for legality when it comes to these deals, but you're right. That's a fun point. And if if players change their minds, if players like Freddie Freeman who have COVID right now, and by the way, it's hurting his draft stock. People who are drafting currently are letting Freddie Freeman drop to the third round. I saw in a draft that happened the other night and I couldn't believe that. I mean, this guy's still a great player. COVID is not going to kill Freddie Freeman, but if a guy like that, he he should be back first week. So, Right. That's what I'm saying, too. But if he decided to stay out longer and then says, I want to come back, will he be able to? I, it seems like there should be more leeway on this, but I honestly don't know. It's a great thought, though. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you don't know you know, how severe it is right now, what his symptoms are, whether he's asymptomatic. I mean, who knows? If you are feeling good and you like what you hear on the show, send us an email. Palazzo Podcast, 2Ls, 2Zs at ProtonMail.com. And then hit us up on Twitter. Send us a DM. Send us a comment. Send us a picture of yourself thinking about baseball. Send us a picture of your favorite player and then Photoshop one of our heads on it. Yeah, that would be cool. I'd like to see that at uh, Palazzo Podcast on Twitter. Also, as far as the schedule, I want to make a note. Rotofanatic.com. Yeah, yeah, I'm a part of that thing. But that's like our unofficial sponsor of the show in a way. Brad Johnson, baseball A-team on Twitter, has got a great series going about the schedule and hitters, winners and losers for the schedule for hitters only. And he currently has one out for the AL and NL East and just has one released for the AL and NL West. A lot of good material. He gives you the rotations. He breaks down which hitters have advantages, yada, yada, yada. So uh, check that out on rotofanatic.com. All right, let's talk about each division then, Deary, from a fantasy perspective. Who benefits? Who sucks? Uh, is it even worth mentioning? <laughs> Things that are unknown. Let's start with, you know, we always start with the AL East, but let's go somewhere else. Let's start. Where do you want to start, Deary? Isn't that funny how you, you always think AL East, AL Central, AL Goddamn West. Goddamn newspapers. The newspapers put that in my head like when I was a kid. It just started with the been, top. It's always been that way. East Coast bias, bro. No, I mean, I guess it's alphabetical order, right? Yeah, I guess. But where do you AL. want to start? We can do any division you want. Let's go to uh, let's go the NL Central. 
I, I, we, had, we talked about the NL and AL Central. And I think that's kind of how I am lumping this in when I'm talking about these is like, you go NL Central, and then you talk about the AL Central right after that because they're kind of playing within the same division in a way. Absolutely. I think it's a great idea. So let's talk NL Central. We got the Cardinals, the Cubs, the Pirates, the Reds, and uh, who am I missing? The Bucks. Oh, of course, yeah, the Bucks. Pirates. Yeah, this, this is this is one, this. I think this is the toughest division because I think there's four teams that could win the division. Okay, well, let's start with the cra- let's just let's start with the bottom, the trash. No offense to Pittsburgh, it's a beautiful stadium, PNC Park, gorgeous. But besides Josh Bell. Name two other players that you would be rostering on a twelve a twelve team standard fantasy league. Interesting. Like I like I like Reynolds and Moran. Um, those are two guys. Moran, guy really? Good. Especially Reynolds. I I really like uh, Brian Reynolds out there. Besides that, I mean Josh Bell had such a huge year. Um, it's weird. They got a lot of guys like a lot of players that just seem like the same player that are all within like the same age and. Uh, in terms of like just fantasy relevance, I mean, Bell's your guy. And after that, like, there's really not too much. I mean, Reynolds is a guy that can give you some bases as well. He can steal a few bases. But uh, well, I like Kevin Newman, though. Kevin Newman, the shortstop, had a nice little season. He stole 16 bases in 130 games last year with 12 home runs, throwing some 64 RBIs, and had a 308 average. He hit 300 in, in 531 plate appearances. So I like that. There's a promise there. But you're right. It's pretty, it gets pretty thin after that. Where's Polanco at right now? Well, he's supposed to be ready to go. Right field, finally healthy. There's no injuries I've heard of. Uh, I don't know if he's officially in camp because I haven't seen any pictures or video of him making shit happen. But I've been drafting him uh, in roto leagues, especially uh, 15-team deep leagues, two-catcher leagues. I've been taking a flyer on him. Okay. But you're right. I would love to see him kind of bounce back and maybe show some life because he's been so... Irrelevant, in my opinion, now for two years. He was exciting. There was some promise. Gregory Polanco came on the scene. He had the uh, 2016, I think he had the 22 homers, 17 steals. I mean, that's a nice little combo of speed and power, and he hit around 250, 260. But after that, it's just been disappointing. I mean, I guess there was 2018 where he had 25 homers, 81 ribbies, stole 12 bags, hit 254, OBP 340. A slugging around 500. That's it's not bad, but I maybe he'll never be a, a great player. He'll just be a serviceable guy. In terms of pitching staff, I like Joe Musgrove. Uh, I've talked oh, about yeah. he could be a very, very serviceable number three starter for you. Guys got good stuff, and over ten starts, he could really, really be solid for you. So he, he's a guy that I would I would eye in on for sure. Absolutely, I am complete with you there. I think Musgrove's the hot name pitching wise. Obviously, Chris Archer is done. He had the uh, thoracic outlets surgery, so he's cash. What about uh, Jamison Tyone? Is he getting? It's been so long. I wonder if he's close he, to getting back. Reality. He blew up that arm at the start of the year. I feel like he'd be healthy by now. I haven't heard much about him. Well, he's going to attend camp. That's the latest news we have as of June thirtieth, as part of his rehab. But uh, we just don't know if he's going to be able to contribute this year or not. So we'll see about him. But that's a name to keep an eye on because he's twenty eight now. God, it seems like we've missed. There was so much promise for Jamison, and now he's 28. But you know, we could talk about the Pirates all day. Let's move on to the next team. Let's talk about the Cincinnati Reds. There's a ton of talent in the outfield, a lot of promise. Great American Ballpark is a place where you can tee off. Eugenio Suarez is healthy now. The shoulder is a distant memory. Nick Castellanos is in town. There's so many options here. Are you worried about 
too many options in the outfield and limiting playing time with guys like Shogo Akiyama being in town now. Well, I think this is this is an advantage for them when you're playing 60 games in 66 days is you're going to be able to play a guy four or five innings and then maybe sub them out. I, I think depth is going to be a huge thing. And I think depth and some of the moves that the Reds have made in the offseason is why they're they're kind of a sneaky pick to win the NL Central. I've seen a couple analysts come out and, and talk about them. And I mean, there's several guys in that starting rotation that you want. I mean, Luis Castillo's right there, uh, right outside the cusp of being, uh, you know, on the top tier of pitchers. Sonny Gray was ridiculous last year, and uh, I, I think it was one of one of the articles that Davidius had, and he had Sonny Gray in there who had one of those really really solid just stretches. We had a great five five game stretch, and and Trevor Bauer as well. Did you happen to see Bauer uh, got taken to the to the cheap seats by Castellanos today? And Castellanos did this huge bat flip. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I actually yeah. saw that about an hour ago. That was awesome. They, they must be good already because. Uh, Bauer didn't get too pissed off at, at him about it. So. Well, they're also yeah, about Bauer, Bauer pitching four every four days. That would give him a huge advantage in fantasy if he takes the bump every four days. It could. It definitely, it absolutely could be a huge advantage if he could do something like that. But he could also torture ass. You know, he's going to get more opportunities. <laughs> he could burn you more. But I like Bauer this year. I actually, I made a bet with Matt Williams on the turn two pod the other day. One dollar to say who would have the better season on the the Razzball player Raider, and I took Bauer over Tyler Glasnow. Who would you rather have, Glasnow or Bauer, Deary? Ooh, wow, that's that's a really good one. I mean, Glasnow was incredible last year. We talked about this several months ago, how how is Bauer not like a top 10 starting pitcher? The guy's got ridiculous stuff. He's very de- very deceitful, you know, wind up, hides the ball really well, got great stuff, but his control just hasn't been there, and he has these blow-up innings. I think this is the year Bauer really breaks out, especially in a short season like this. Well, I've been looking forward to something special from him. He had the one amazing season a couple years ago, and he has not been able to repeat that. And I have a lot of faith in him, but we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. The Reds are a very exciting team. They're going to, like we said, take on the Tigers on Friday, July 24th. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Cardinals, it, it, lot, you know. it's, it's a fun lineup. They got so many different fantasy oh, options, yeah. and they're they're going to score a ton of runs. They've got a they got a bullpen. You got Garrett, Lorenzen, and Iglesias. They got starters. Sonny Gray so underrated. He's been named the opening starter officially, by the way. So the Reds, I think they're a dark horse pick for a lot of people to win the National League Central. As far as the Cardinals, uh, they shut down camp briefly. Uh, I don't know. I didn't see anything today. If they had come back i think they're waiting on a couple more covid tests jordan hicks remember jordan hicks had to have tommy john apparently he's already back now and he's going to be able to participate in this season so that's good news for people who were banking on him in keeper leagues or dynasty leagues yeah that makes their bullpen a lot more formidable with him uh gallegos and miller there so that's that's going to help the cardinals out a lot i did see that earlier that hicks hicks is ready to ready to roll yeah, the Cardinals are the others oh, always there. They're always going to be in it. I really like Tommy Edmond. A lot of people dismiss Tommy Edmond. Said what he did last year was kind of a fluke and probably will have struggle to find enough playing time. But I think they like Edmond and they're going to get him in the lineup enough so he can make an impact. He had a terrible playoff last year, ever, really bad in the against the Nationals in the NLCS, which is unfortunate. But I think this is a guy who can give you speed and a little bit of pop and hit for average. And I like that, especially in Roto. Yeah, Tommy Edmonds also can play like any position on the field, but probably like catcher and pitcher. So uh, 
if he's really rolling, but they need to get, you know, some other guys in to play, you know, maybe Brad Miller's got to, you know, get some time uh, at second base or shortstop, you know, the outfield, they got a lot of young guys. Uh, if they need to get some guys, some, some at bats or whatever, Edmund can move around and play anywhere in the field. So that's a huge, huge advantage for uh, him and the Cardinals. Well, we know that our uh, pals over at Cup of Cubby Blue love the Cubs, and we talked about them in depth on that podcast. If you missed that episode a couple weeks ago, go back and check it out. They're great. Sarah and Andy are a fun duo. But they know baseball in general. They love the Cubs, but they love all baseball. Check out Cup of Cubby Blue if you get a chance. They talked about their massive love for you, Darvish, and Schwarbino, Kyle Schwarber. A lot of passion there. Anybody else besides that? I mean... Are you Chris Bryant believer this year? Do you think Chris Bryant can give you a 400 plus OBP as a leadoff hitter? And maybe everyone else has been trying to uh, convince me on Bryant. And uh, obviously when we first started this pod in February, I think it was like my ninth or 10th uh, third baseman. So, uh, you know, I, I've been kind of going back and forth. Uh, I'm a big Anthony Rizzo fan. I think he's going to have a really, really solid season as well. Um, Javi Baez, a little bit of a down season after an incredible year two years ago. Uh, but I think he will probably have a good bounce back. And just like the girl said, a cup of cubby Schwarber. I mean, he's a guy that could easily mash the ball out of the park. He's going to get a ton of playing time, big bat. Maybe this is time where he really breaks out and finally has one of those really solid fantasy seasons. Um, and I like Wil- Wilson Contreras as well. I think he's a top four catcher with the opportunity to be the, the uh, first or second best catcher in the, in, in the fantasy. League. Oh boy. Wow. I disagree with that. I'd much rather have Mitch Garver or uh, Will Smith even. I'd wait on Will. I love Will Smith. I got to ask you about Mitch Garver. Last week, you loved Mitch Garver. When we first started this pod in February, you hated on Mitch Garver. You said he's not draftable and he's going to have a terrible season. And now you love him? What changed? I did the homework. I looked at some information. I looked at his stat cast data. He crushes the ball. And I looked at the lineup. And the division he plays in now, and he gets to mash on the Royals and Tigers even more. I like all of that. So that's that's everything that's changed has adjusted my opinion of Mr. Garver. I'm always going to say I was wrong. I'm never going to just die on a hill. You know, I can't stand analysts who are like, oh, nope, that's not what I said it is. That's the way it is. You know, if I if things change, you got to adapt, baby. You know, it's evolution, baby. Right. I love it. I love it. Good. So you're Maybe right. I'll come around with some of these other guys I've been shitting on. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I'm glad you called me out. That's good. I want to keep it real. And but I didn't know if you just forgot that you talked uh, ill about well, him because I, I do it all the time. Yeah, I know. I, I definitely remember we had the catcher's uh, podcast and we talked about Garver and I wasn't buying it. And I think I shit on Will Smith at that time, too. But I love Will Smith. So things change, Mox. Things change. Milwaukee Brewers, they're changing. They got Eric Sogard leading off this year. Leading off Eric Sogard. People are buying into it. Some people say nobody is a better hitter against righties than Eric Sogard. He loves teeing off. So when it comes to the Brewers, who's the guy that you got to have, Deary? Besides like Christian Yelich, who's obvious, who's the one guy that you really always try to draft? I mean, it's only his second year in the league, but I think Keston Hero is the guy. Really? Yeah, he had a really, really solid rookie campaign. He's he's someone that I'm definitely eyeing in on as as one of those second basemen to draft. I really, really like his upside, and I think he's going to just continue to advance now that he's in his second year. I think he's going to be one of the 
one of the superstars in this game in the next few years. I really, really believe that. And I, I'm also pretty high on Brandon Woodruff. The guy throws absolute gas. Uh, you know, really, really big guy. He showed a lot at the end of the season last year. I think he's another guy who could very easily sneak in and be in that Cy Young uh, candidacy by the end of the year for the Brewers. The one guy I always got to have on this roster is Omar Narvaez, the catcher who was with the Mariners, and he hit 22 home runs last year. It was a lot of fun. I target him, and especially in two catcher leagues, like two catcher roto leagues. I think he's a great compliment to one of their the top three catchers. If you can get a top three catcher and then compliment him with Mr. Narvaez, I would do that. I think he doesn't – I know that he doesn't hit the ball hard. His exit velocities are kind of low. They're not even league average, some of the lower exit velocities in the league. But he does walk at an excellent rate. Usually it's 10% or higher. Last year it was right at 9.8, right on that 10 line. He also strikes out less. So I like a guy who can make contact, has a good eye. I'm going to say that package will pay off in the long run. So give me Omar. I like that. That's a nice little sneaky kind of pull right there is if you can get Omar late or if you're in a two-catcher league, he's an excellent compliment. Yeah, you can usually always get him 200 picks in, and uh, that's a good guy to compliment your bench or be your opening day catcher depending on the format. All right, let's uh, flip the script and just jump over to the AL. Well, since we're doing... Let's just do the AL Central since we did the NL Central. We'll combine the divisions that way, even though there are six divisions, like Deary said. He was right about that. <laughs> so let's go with the Cleveland Indians. So we're going to be here all day if we keep talking about every team. So let's keep it simple. Again, who's the one guy that you got to have? Like besides the studs, Lindor, who's the one guy you're always targeting? Well, I think Jose Ramirez. I talked about him a couple of weeks ago as being, you know, kind of the guy who could be in, you know, the MVP race. Yeah, um, I'm really interested to see Mike Clevenger coming back from the injury. Um, he's he's kind of had a couple injuries the last few years. I think this pitching staff, the Indians, could really be top level if Bieber and Clevenger can can do what is what is expected of them. Really. Um, besides that, I think Cesar Hernandez. I talked about him when the doc was on uh, last month. I think he's a really sneaky guy, and uh, you know Oscar Mercado. As well, uh, you know, young guy last year could be batting at the top of that order. And Frando Reyes is a guy that has super ridiculous power. Uh-huh. And I think he's someone who could put up 15 home runs, which could really, really boost some of those power stats. Oh, hell yeah. He could hit 20. No doubt about it. The one guy I got to have is Domingo Santana. Again, this is a guy that you can get later in drafts, even around pick 300. In Roto Leagues, he can steal bags. He had eight steals last year. He can do better than that. His sprint speed's not that great, but his base running is above average. He seems to have a good jump out the gate, but his sprint speed is definitely nothing to write home about. It's it's blah, but he hits the ball hard. Uh, his barrel rate is really, really nice. 12% last year. I like that. He does strike out a lot, but that's why you're taking a guy who's low, a low late value guy at pick 300 or later. Take a flyer in Domingo Santana. He's going to get the at-bats because the Indians outfield is trash. Otherwise, there's not a lot of options out there. But that's a guy I'm usually kind of just grabbing as a flyer. He's going to have a lot of RBI opportunities, too. He'll probably bat, what, maybe sixth or seventh in that lineup? Uh, Well, as far as I can tell, he's the guy who's going to be probably eight or nine, I think. Uh, seventh. Okay. I mean, roster resource has him at seventh right now. Uh, with Roberto Perez and Greg Allen behind him, but you're right. If he's got if he's got Hernandez and Fran Mill, and then the whole 
studs on front of him, there could be plenty of RBI opportunities. You are right about that. And he'll be able to steal in the seventh spot. That's a great spot to get stolen bases. So think about that. Think about Domingo. He's had some real nice moments. And then there was the Kansas City Royals. Deary, the Kansas City Royals are a team that play at Kauffman Stadium. They got those fountains. I remember back in the 90s when we played our baseball video games and they had the fountain in the game, like RBI Baseball 93 for Sega Genesis. They had the fountain in the game. And I thought it was so cool. I was like, oh my God, they really got the fountain. Yeah, that's awesome. But otherwise, it's not that cool because in Kansas City, it's like hot as hell all summer. I got a friend who lives over there and he showed me the temperatures this week. They're in the hundreds easily. So good luck out there in Missouri. But again, Deary, besides stud, the number one stud on this team is probably Mondesi. Uh, some arguments could be made for Solaire or Merrifield. But besides those three, is there another guy that you've found yourself or will find yourself taking in drafts? Yeah, I think it's Hunter Dozier. Um, mm. I actually like Hunter Dozier better than Whitfield as an overall baseball player. Um, not a big Whit Merrifield fan. I think he's going to have a pretty down year, especially if he can't keep those steals going. But Hunter Dozier had a really productive season last year, 26 home runs, 84 RBIs, proved he could get on base at a 348 OBP. This guy's 28 years old now, um, made his debut three years ago. So this is kind of the, the, the year where he's just starting to get towards his prime. And uh, I think he's a guy who – in a short season like this, he could have a really, really solid OPS that could, I believe can be over 900 and can be very serviceable for you over at third base. Hmm. It's funny you mentioned that. Whit Merrifield was a bust candidate on our latest article on rotofanatic.com. We did bust today. Staff picked every bust for each individual staff member. And Matt Williams, our fearless leader, he does not believe in Whit Merrifield. And there's a whole host of reasons that you can go to right now at rotofanatic.com and check out the staff picks for busts in 2020. By the way, dear, I want to mention this too. I feel bad for picking people as busts in 2020 because it's not fair. They're only getting no, 60 it's, games. <laughs> it's not. Well, I almost wanted to pick like 2020 season as the bust itself because it's bullshit. But you got to pick a player. I chose Raphael Devers. We'll see what happens. He'll probably do. Yeah, fine. It's, 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 it's not fair over 60 games because someone can just have like 10 to 15 poor games and it's going to destroy their whole season. Oh, um, you're right about that. But this is the game that we're in. And if we're doing a fantasy baseball podcast, we got to talk about those guys that just might not perform this year. I completely agree. Uh, by the way, we're live on the air and uh, I, my pick came up. I'm in this dynasty slow draft for the 2020 season that I just signed up with and it's a uh, round eight. It's round eight. League, league number 20, huh? Yeah, league 20. You're right. I mean, I don't even know how many leagues I have now, but this is the <laughs> eighth round. Uh, it's a 16-team league, so uh, we'll see what happens. Dynasty is totally different. I think somebody took Wander Franco in the second round. It just changes everything. So, Oh, it's, yeah, it's fun. Okay. Love Dynasty. <laughs> I do. Especially, yeah. when you're just, especially when you're just starting a Dynasty league. Oh, I completely like, agree. Everybody's on the board. It's uh, It's wacky. All right, we're going to be here forever if we don't move this along. Let's go to the Detroit Tigers real quick. Tigers, uh, blah. What can you say? We don't, have, we don't have to go through every team. We just go, we can You're pinpoint right. a couple teams in each division. Yeah, let's skip the Tigers. I don't even care about talking about them. Although I am excited. Well, yeah, okay, draft Matt Boyd and then you're done. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, maybe pick up Nico Goodrum at like the 400th pick in a deep roto league. The Twins. The twins are obviously studly. The Twins have everything. What do the Twins not have? That's the question. What What do they not have? Maybe a bullpen? The bullpen might be their weakest link. Maybe the starting pitching, but I think they got just about everything they need to go for this year. 
they're going to ask a lot out of Kenta Maeda and Homer Bailey. I think a, I think they're actually better off in a short season um, as long as Barrios and Odorizzi are solid. Odorizzi was really, really good the first half of last year, and then I traded him, and then he fell apart. It was great. And uh, <laughs> Jose, Barrios, Jose Barrios had this awful September. He was putting together this really, really solid season. I talked about him a couple weeks ago. He's a guy that I really, really like. Obviously, that offense is just going to mash all over the place. And I, I really think all nine of their position players are probably rosterable in a fantasy league. Boy, we'll see, man. I, I think that every – I agree with that. I do. But I just wonder if their bullpen's going to hold up. In terms of them making a run, they could feast, though, on a lot of these crappy teams. They'll probably beat up on the White Sox, too. I will look forward to seeing Twins-White Sox. That's actually one of the intriguing series. I want to see a team that's up and coming go against a team that is there present somewhat on top of the mountaintop. That'll be interesting. As far as the White Sox, the White Sox are loaded, man. They got a lot of fun fantasy players. They start opening day on Friday, July 24th at home against none other than the team I just described, the Minnesota Twins, 8.15 Eastern time, live from Guaranteed Rate Field, one of the dumbest names in baseball. Who's the White Sox you love? Who's a guy besides Yoan Mankata, besides... Jose Abreu, I mean, Eloy Jimenez, these guys are all top 75 guys in most drafts. Anybody else you like? What about Edwin Encarnacion with the DH? He's going to be able to DH in all the National League parks. Yep. He's a million years old, but he always hits home runs. He's, still uh, he's doing a guy it. Who, who could hit some home runs for you. So I'd, I'd probably go with Edwin. Uh, a lot of the other guys in their lineup are, are young. Uh, some are still yet to be proven. Obviously, Luis Robert is just going to make his debut. Eloy came up last year. Interested to see what Tim Anderson does after his huge breakout last year. Adding champ. Um, so much so much. if they're going to be able to compete in this division is going to come down to their pitching. They're going to be asking a lot of a young Lucas Giolito and then two kind of veterans in Keuchel and Gio. That is very true. I love Giolito too, but I can't wait to see this White Sox team in action. I can't believe I'm saying that, but even Edwin Encarnacion is 37 and a half years old. That DH in both leagues really gives him a benefit. So now he can go to Wrigley and he can play. That's good news. All right, so let's bounce. Let's bounce over to the NL East. Let's take a look at the ATL, Atlanta Braves. A great team. They've got all the pieces. They've got some COVID issues right now. We said Nick Markakis is out. He's not going to play. But they also, they lost Nick, uh, what the hell's his name? Felix Hernandez. He's gone. The king. He's not going to play either. But that opens up the door for a bunch, a bunch of great starting pitching like Ian Anderson. Yeah, King Felix being out. I mean, I was hoping he might be able to be a difference maker, maybe out of the bullpen or being your fifth or sixth starter. But uh, they, they got a lot of starting pitching pitching over there. Obviously, Fulte and, and Soroka. I'm a big Max Freed fan. Yeah. You know. And, you know, Sean Newcomb is a guy who can start. He can come out of the bullpen, whatever you need from him. And then you got a, another young guy in Kyle Wright. Like, all these guys are young besides, you know, your, your Cole Hamels. I love Newcomb. Uh, I think he's totally underrated. He's going to step into his spot now. He's going to get a spot. I guarantee it. Yeah, Newcomb and Freed, like, just deceiving lefties. Two guys that are really, really big. I like both of them. Newcomb's a beast. This guy's 255 pounds, so he can definitely – go in for the long haul. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the Braves are the favorite in this division. And uh, I, I like their bullpen too. I mean, you, you're bringing back Shane Green, uh, Will Smith. We'll see what Mark Melanson can do. Uh, Darren O'Day, who's been there forever. Luke Jackson, Chris Martin. This is a fantastic bullpen. 
let me ask you this because this is something that comes up a lot. I've noticed over the last week in conversations with people at Roto Fanatic and just other baseball people. Do you shy away from a guy if he has COVID right now? If you were drafting tomorrow, would you shy away from Freddie Freeman or Will Smith, who the reliever apparently also has COVID? Does that freak you I, out? I, I don't think I do. I don't think so either. Yeah, I feel the same way. I don't. These are pro. Yeah. These guys are like the most well taken care of people in the world. They're going to be fine. That's all. Yeah, and I, I think maybe you would hear more if they had some other kind of underlying issues. Let's say, you know, someone like a Matt Boyd who has really, really bad asthma. I think that that you would know more about it. I know there's some HIPAA laws and they can't throw out, you know, everything that's going on with these guys. But obviously these guys are in tip-top shape. And I'm not really shying away. Uh, I know a lot of people have been shying away from Mike Trout because they know he's going to have a baby this summer and he's probably going to be missing a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, I have no idea because I'm not in any position to draft him in any of my leagues. So we'll see what, what happens if he ends up falling in some of these leagues. Because I, I, I've, I'm i yet to draft. I have three drafts here in the next uh, week and a half. Yeah, we got the uh, Roto draft with Marty Tallman and company, the Motor City Bengals guys. I don't know what pick. Yeah, maybe you'll, maybe yeah, you'll have the number one pick. Maybe you'll get Trout. I think that's the 19th. That's the 19th. That's right. So maybe you'll get Trout. Well, I have the number one pick. I'm, I'm taking uh, Acuna anyways. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, what about the New York Mets? The New York Mets' big move recently has been signing Jared Hughes, the reliever, to a one-year contract. That's exciting. Mets fans are jacked. There's a lot of a buzz about Mr. Cespedes really hitting the ball hard. He's healthy. His thighs are looking good. He can move. There's also been a Jed Lowry mentioning, who hasn't played baseball in like two years. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I saw him on the field. What about- Jed Lowry's back. 37-year-old Jed Lowry. Yeah, I mean, they keep saying that he'll participate and he's a full go. That's what Luis Rojas said on uh, Sunday. But the Mets, a lot of talent, maybe a borderline opportunity to win the division here if things break right, especially being a goofy-ass season. I don't like Pete Alonso as much. I'd rather have Matt Olson. I've said this 10,000 times. Give me Matt Olson like 25 picks later. What about you? Oh, I love that. I'm a huge Matt Olson fan, so. Um, well, so we talk about Dominic Smith and JD Davis a lot. They're finally going to be able to take care of that issue because we're going to have a DH all around. So that's fantastic news for them. Uh, I love Jeff, Jeff McNeil. I know you're a McNeil fan as well. He's going to hit for a really good average, steal a couple bags for you, uh, batting probably in the two hole for them. Really like that. And I'm really interested to see what Edwin Diaz does coming back. He had just one of the epically awful seasons of all time and the guy throws fucking gas and he's got good stuff i think he has a bounce back this year and if the mets are going to compete in this division he's going to have to have a bounce back for them to possibly overtake the nationals or the braves in the division absolutely completely agree with you uh but the philadelphia phillies they had that covid outbreak about 10 days ago before summer camp started and that was a report like eight players from the phillies have covid and uh, now they're playing. They're having intra-squad games. I saw JT Real Muto crank one Apo Taco to right field a couple hours ago. So that's fun. I think this is a team that is like lying in wait. They're ready to pounce. They're ready to bounce back from the disappointing 500 season that they had last year with Joe Girardi at the helm, Bryce Harper, Reese Hoskins, Andrew McCutcheon's even more healthy. He has more time to recover from that ACL knee injury he had last May. I love all these feelings. I'll take Jay Bruce as the DH. That guy could hit 15 bombs as the DH, no problem. Always. But the one question, yeah, I, the one question though, is the pitching. That's where it gets suspect for them. 
Yeah, like you said last year, disappointing year. A lot of people were picking the Phillies to win the East last year, and it just wasn't there. They had just a really terrible, like, I think it was late August and September. They just absolutely fell apart. And I, I think their offense is great. I think Kutch uh, being healthy again will be able to help you out, you know, fantasy-wise, especially in a short season like this. But, yeah, it's, it's obviously going to come down to the pitching. I think Nola has a bounce back. I think Zach Wheeler was a really nice signing, which also on Roto Fanatic today, I saw someone took Zach Wheeler as a bus this this year, which yeah. I found interesting. Not the first time but, I've heard that. Yeah. I mean, what are you going to get out of Arietta, Zach Eflin, Nick Pavetta, and a guy like Vincent Velasquez that just cannot hit a mint? <laughs> That's the problem. Nick Pavetta, me and Matt, again, on turn two the other day, we're talking about Nick Pavetta maybe being the closer and taking over. With the uh, Hector Neris being a guy who can be their closer, but with the fast, speedy season that's about to fly by us, there's going to be a lot of bullpen usage, a lot of guys getting multiple save opportunities. So make sure your league is a saves plus holds league. That's really important, I think, going forward now because saves will kill you. And if you don't have holds included, there's just not going to be as much action because there's a lot of guys who could provide you a lot of value, but they're not going to give you saves necessarily. Phillies are a perfect example of that because Sir Anthony Dominguez was someone who closed for uh, several weeks for them last year. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you're right about that. So let's hop over to AL East. Uh, the Blue Jays signed Austin Martin today. He was one of the last first-round picks that was yet to sign, so he's in the bag now. Congratulations, the fifth overall pick. Uh, the Blue Jays are going to be a fun team to watch. Uh, they could make some noise. they got some talent. Nate Pearson is really supposed to get the opportunity. He's part of the team. He's been throwing. It'll be really interesting to see if he can make it happen, dearie. I think they're gonna need. I think they're gonna need him. Really? You got Ryu. They yeah, got Keith I mean, Anderson, man. Are you believing in Matt Shoemaker? When he's healthy, Matt Shoemaker is actually underrated. I will say that, but you know, not reliable. Trent Thornton was someone that was up for them last year, and I saw a couple games from Trent Thornton where he looked fantastic, and then some other games where he was just abysmal. So uh, obviously, they signed Ryu in the offseason, guy who should just be solid for them. Uh, Tanner Rourke, someone that you've talked about, who's who's someone who can be just as solid. They don't really have that superstar pitcher. No. And, you know, Pearson's the guy in waiting, and I, I'd love to see Nate Pearson. Yeah, I think we're going to definitely see him. Uh, Thornton is a guy who's still only 26, so maybe he can grow, show you a little bit more. And Rourke's an innings eater. You're a classic, like, veteran innings eater, no doubt about it. Uh, the Orioles added Ryan Mountcastle to the 60-man roster today, so that's exciting. Good news for them. So maybe he'll get involved, get in the mix. The Orioles have been very cautious. They only had 44 players announced on their original 60-man roster. So <laughs> that's good news. They're, like, they're searching for guys. They're, they're being really anal and scary. I, I can't blame them. I understand. Uh, yeah, they're, they're in no position to compete in the next few years, and they want to be safe with uh, him and uh, Adley Rushman. Yeah, Austin Hayes. Uh, there's some fun players over there on offense. DJ Stewart, even. Uh, we talked about the Yankees. Mike, you know, Mike, formerly Mike, now Gene Carlos Stanton, was struck up by Clark Schmidt last night. That was fun. Uh, the Red Sox. Haven't heard much of the Red Sox. I did see Raphael Devers throwing some water on a teammate earlier today. That was fun. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the Rays. Still pranks, in the, still, still pranks during the COVID pandemic. Yeah, that's, that's, good good nice. that's good. That is good for team morale. You got to be upbeat. You got to have a little uh, levity going on. Uh, as far as the Rays, though, they are getting ready for the season and they look focused. Tyler Glass now has been said to have no restraints whatsoever, which is what almost everyone's been saying about any pitcher. No restraints. <laughs> it's a 60-game season. No shit. Silly. 
yeah, so the AL East is basically, in my opinion, is the AL, are the Rays the team to beat, or is it the Yankees? I think it's I think Rays and Yankees are going to be head to head the the whole sixty games. I, I I don't think the Red Sox have the pitching to stay alive, oh, and no. I mean you know obviously Mookie Betts is gone. I I wouldn't be surprised if the Blue Jays end up finishing third in this division. Uh, I think the Red Sox are below 500. I think the Blue Jays are probably before, below 500. And I think uh, I think the Yankees and Rays are going to really have a battle to uh, to see who wins this division. I need to look uh, when they if they play. I don't think they play like in that last couple weeks, which is kind of frustrating. Yeah, here we, here we go. Uh, Yankees last two series against the Blue Jays and then the Marlins. Huh. Well, that's not good. The Rays finished with two NL teams. The Rays finished with the Nats and the Mets. So advantage to the Yankees on that one. (laughs) Can't wait to see this. I love the Rays. I hope they take down the Yankees, but it's going to be a fun stretch run there, baby. It's basically a stretch run. 60 games of madness. All right, finally, let's do the West. We can close this up. Let's do the Angels. Uh, The Angels have COVID issues with Julio Turan, so keep an eye on that. He uh, was put on the uh, I- Julio. Yeah, your buddy, your guy, the guy you stumped me with, the guy that you draft every year, Julio Turan, has got some COVID in the family vicinity, so they're trying to verify. And they did put him on the IL, by the way, so they didn't designate it either initially. So keep an eye on that. When people get put on the IL for unknown reasons, it's very likely COVID. Uh, obviously, we've heard the Mike Trout talk. Mike Trout's mom is like, hey. Wear a mask like my son does and all that stuff. Uh, we've covered that. Uh, the Astros, Alex Bregman has COVID, and or he's waiting on a test. Excuse me. He's waiting on the test. <laughs> so he's been held out because the test hasn't come through. He's a part of the 3,500 samples over at the South Jordan Lab, which, by the way, Deary, while we were doing the rest of the show, I did confirm it is the PED lab that they did all the original PED testing. That was the contract they had with was this, this lab. And what they did? Oh wow! They set up a contract with it. What they did is they already had the contract for PED testing, so they just added the COVID testing contract into it because they figured, hey, they could do their PED testing. Why can't they do COVID testing? Like they're the same thing. They're not. There's a difference. <laughs> it's a huge difference. I'm not a scientist, but there's a big difference. You're not a scientist. I am not a scientist. No, but it's. They do both the testing, and now they're just swamped with COVID testing and PED testing. So my whole point earlier was validated, just to get that on the record. They need some. Uh, they need some guys, more people working for them. Maybe we can go work out there for them. Yeah, they they need to get their asses in gear. As far as the AL West goes, I think it's pretty clear it's the Astros and the A's are the top two teams, and I don't think there's another team that can catch them because the Rangers, even though they loaded up on pitching with Kluber and Lyles and Kyle Gibson. I don't know if that's going to be enough for them. Disagree or agree? No, I agree. It's it's the Astros and Angels all day, or uh, the Astros and A's all day. Uh, the the Angels, I just don't think they have the pitching. Um, I mean, obviously Otani is going to be back. I don't know what type of limits are going to be on on him. I think their offense is going to be studly, but you know, up and down that that pitching rotation and also their bullpen, I just don't have enough belief in it like you said the rangers uh they have a top seven pitching staff and they were really really good last year but uh they have some holes offensively and uh obviously the mariners are just young dumb and trying to figure it out (laughs) my man Corey ott follow him on twitter at Corey ott c-o-r-y-o-t-t he works at the rota fanatic and he writes 
Great stuff about prospects. He played college baseball, but he loves Lance Lynn. He's hyping Lance Lynn. Says he's really commanded his pitches better than ever, and that everything he did last year is going to continue in 2020. So I don't see it happening, but I do trust Corey's opinion. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Keep an eye. Lance Lynn's a solid, Lance Lynn is a solid MLB pitcher. Just I don't know. I mean, depending on the categories you play, I don't know what you're getting fantasy-wise out of Lance Lynn. Yeah. Well, his K per nine was stunning last year. I think it was about 10.0. That's not going to happen. It will be under 10. Oh, there it is. Put it on the board. Yes. Okay. Let's go over the NL West. Wrap this up. How about the D-backs? The D-backs are having fun. And I think they might be the most underrated team in this division. I really like all the pieces they have to make a run. I love the fantasy-wise. Starling Marte, I love him. He's still in his prime. He gives you speed and power and defense. Got Cattell Marte, who's obviously one of their studs. Eduardo Escobar is a guy that I always pass on. I can't stand Eduardo. In fact, on my I put my rankings, <laughs> I put my rankings out this week on rotofanatic.com so you can yell at me and you can you can call me out for where a guy's ranked. But I put Eduardo way down there. I was not feeling him whatsoever. But dearie, you gotta have a player or two that you love on this team, right? Oh man, Bobby Red, I don't right? think Eduardo. I mean, I don't think Eduardo repeats what he did last year. I like Quito Marte. I think he's going to have a solid season. I think Carson Kelly is a guy out of that catcher spot. Mm. Uh, guy showed some power last year. Uh, him and Christian Walker are two guys that I think, with the power that they possess, could really give you a fantasy boost. Um, I think the reason that they're they're not going to win the division, but I think they're going to stick in it, is I think Robbie Ray is going to have a pretty solid season. If he can just stay away from those dreaded walks, the guy obviously has a devastating curveball oh boy and you know what you're going to get out of madison bumgarner obviously bumgarner you know these last few years he hasn't really put up the numbers but he's played for a really poor giants team and i think him going over to the diamondbacks is going to kind of give him a little more pep in his step and he's going to say hey you know now's my opportunity to be with a team that's that's going for it trying to win and maybe he gets back to what he was a few years ago with the with the giants <laughs> i put i put eduardo escobar at 28th in my rankings for third base <laughs> Yeah, you hate him. I've got guys like uh, put, Nick Solak ahead of him. Uh, Louis. You put Jake Lamb ahead of him? <laughs> yeah, Jake Lamb. Well, remember him? Uh, okay, no, look, maybe I could have bumped him up three notches, but I'd still rather have the following guys who are ahead of him. Hunter Dozier. Uh, yes. J.D. Davis. No. Oh, okay. Miguel Sano. Yeah. Tommy Edmond. Ooh, that's tough. That is tough. Edmund has too much interesting upside. Justin Turner? Yeah, I mean, if Turner's healthy, he's going to mash in that lineup. And Scott Kingery. God, King, Kingery's similar to like an Edmund, but I think Kingery has more power. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's like Edmund. He could certainly give you five categories. Yeah. All right. So I could give uh, Eduardo a bump. Maybe I'll give him a bump just to be a fair man, but. Most of those Spencer Torkelson is over him. Spencer's playing a third, and it's a lot of fun. It's exciting. Oh, I, I, I saw a video today. Trammell was working with him, and I was, oh, man, I was getting choked up. <laughs> oh, man, you're Sorry. learning from a legend, uh, a Hall of Fame. Oh, that's nice. Okay, that's nice. I like that. Uh, the Giants are completely pointless to talk about from a fantasy perspective, and they shut down camp, so we don't have to worry about them. I saw a tweet today. No Giant, on average, is drafted in, like, the top 250. <laughs> The top 250. I mean, who do they have? They got Yazio Puig. If if he's signed and on the team and in camp, then he's the probably the guy. That's it. On offense. I mean, like, Yastrzemski was a guy for, like, 
maybe three, four weeks last year, he he provided some type of value. Oh, he but, has value, but know, he's deep. Yeah, yeah, later. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's just, oh, God, I don't want to watch one Giants game this season. That team's so boring. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I agree. Uh, then the Rockies, uh, the Rockies signed Matt Kemp recently. That's fun. So just another guy to add to the mix. Is that wonderful or what? <sighs> Christ. He's still ratting around. Yeah. So uh, watch out for that mess of a team. And as you know, if you ever listen to this show or you've ever heard anybody else talk about the Rockies, they're infuriating and annoying. And it's just going to be another chaotic season of roster decisions that I don't want anything to do with. So that's why I try to avoid most Rockies, especially our favorite guy to rip on, Charlie Blackman. Oh, Charlie B. Charlie B. Okay, so that's pretty much that's pretty much the news and you're, you're, you're safe with Trevor Story. I mean, Trevor Story is like one of my five favorite players in the game. So, yeah, I'd rather have Trey Turner, but I, I'm not going to argue with you about it. I won't. Uh, no, I mean, they're two studs. Absolutely. Okay, let's take a quick mound visit. What the hell's going on out there? Looks like a convention. Pretty soon they're going to call the roll. <laughs> Get your ass out there and check it out. This week's mound visit looks at the Deekmans. Meet the Deekmans. Who are the Deekmans, you may ask? Well, you may remember Jake Deekman. He is a relief pitcher, and he's on the Oakland Athletics, and he's pissed about these delays with MLB test results. And the point of talking about this is that players left to uncertainty, trying to get ready for a season. In a season that is totally new, a unique anomaly in the history of 100-plus years of professional baseball, how does a player focus? How can they not get distracted? How can they not get frustrated if they can't? Like Alex Bregman, who wanted to be in camp with the Astros, but he can't participate and focus on his game to get ready because the testing hasn't come back yet, so he can't jeopardize having him in camp if he is positive. So that is what we're looking at here. What a that sounds pretty exhausting to me just explaining it, doesn't it? Oh, sure, sure does. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like hell. I mean, that's a mental nightmare. These people are, are human beings still, and they're trying to get prepared while dealing with a whole new reality. That is a lot of mental exhaustion. I bet a lot of these guys go to sleep, you know, lights out. They're probably pretty tired at the end of the day. And the Deekmans, they just had a kid, so they're trying to protect their baby. And they're also trying to get their paycheck and they want to play. Jake Deegan wants to play baseball, but the couple is trying to protect themselves. So just think about this stuff from a player's perspective, man. Think about it as a human being when you're dealing with day to day issues that impact you. That's what we're always trying to do here on the show when we have these little mound visits, right? Yeah, you know, I'm thinking. So you're getting tested every day. Just think of the anxiety that you have yes. going in to get tested. Maybe you have a little, you know, small symptoms. You might think, oh, oh God, maybe I got to pass it off like nothing's happening to me. Maybe some of these symptoms are coming up and you start freaking out. Oh, my God, I might have COVID. Mm-hmm. And I think about it this way. Let's say you test positive, but you have no symptoms whatsoever. And you've got to sit out for two weeks. Can you imagine how frustrating that is? That's what I'm talking about, man. That is not cool. Not cool at all the hell man you know and then you know you think about okay you're in a locker room and there's three or four guys in your team that have been you know tested and tested positive and you're thinking oh well it's just a matter of time that it happens to me what's going to happen when there's just an outbreak and 25 yankees (laughs) yankees test positive and you got to bring up that whole taxi squad (laughs) it's 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 gonna really really 
test the mental fortitude of all these players. Like we've talked about it many times before. Baseball is one of the most mentally taxing games out there because you fail a majority of the time out there. And now you got to throw COVID into that. And I, I, I just, I really feel for these players and these organizations that, you know, they're putting it on the line to go, to go through the season to just play a game. So, so we can be happy so they can be happy. So people can make money. Yay. And, more money. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I see these articles all the time where it's just like, how in the hell can we have sports right now when there's a pandemic going on? I think there is a place for sports, yes. sports, and if it can be done safely, we should do it. I don't think everything should be locked down forever. I think we need to make the right steps to safely reopen sports again, and we're on our way towards that. There's going to be some hiccups. There are going to be some positive tests. There's going to be some mental breakdowns from these players, and I just hope that when all is said and done at the end of the season, that everything went went together without a hitch. Nobody got seriously ill. Nobody got seriously injured. And we're going to be crowning a very interesting World Series champion at the end of the year. Beautiful. That's what I like to hear, man. I'm completely with you. So don't forget, everybody, this has been the Hey, it's the Rico Palazzo Baseball Podcast. Uh, We're going to skip Shine or Ride the Pine this week. Uh, We ran a little bit long. Don't forget that you can find some material on rotofanatic.com. I did a video this week that was posted. Uh, it's supposed to be a lot of fun, so it's fucking fantastic. Oh, thanks, dearie. Yeah, it's an amazing, it's an amazing video. <laughs> it really is. It's, it truly shows the man you are. Oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah, I, I want to, it's really about introducing the team at Rotofanatic, all our writers, but at the same time I, I do it and yeah, I throw a little humor into it. So if you want to have a laugh, it's, fun. it's not all serious. It's supposed to be fun and lighthearted. So check that out. Um, as far as the show, next week we got a big guest on. We're having Justin Mason from Friends with Fantasy Benefits, the guy who really has created his own little mini fantasy empire. He's a big deal in the fantasy baseball industry, so we're really excited to have him on next Wednesday. And we got more guests coming on the next couple of weeks, and then the season will be getting going. So hopefully with those guests, we can actually talk about results, like games that happened the day before, believe it or not. You know, we're going to we're going to record a show the day before opening day. So we need to have some type of celebration pod. Yeah. You know, actually, yeah, we'll have to have a show meeting about that, actually, because we might want to do a couple episodes a week if we have actual games going on. You know, we'll do shorter ones where we can just kind of talk about the action last night. But we will probably maybe switch things up. And we, if, we've never had a podcast when there was actual baseball happening. It always seems <laughs> we don't know where to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> it always seems like this is the way it's just always going to be forever. But there's actually like recaps uh home runs decisions analysis that happened from the night before i'm so excited to do that because i don't even know what that's like that's like a whole new world for us to experience as podcasters and we're thrilled to bring it to you yeah i'm thinking uh shit if you're up for it maybe a wednesday uh, monday wednesday friday (laughs) oh yeah well we can do like 15 20 minute like hey this is what happened last night and then do the main show on wednesdays yeah yeah, I mean, uh, I'm thinking about Friday, like just previewing the weekend and, you know, looking at, you know, categories you might have to pick up, looking at some of the matchups. I think uh, a Friday show would be really nice if you're looking towards what you need to pick up or do during the weekend to win your fantasy league. DFS plays, all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, DFS could be huge. Uh, DFS as well. Oh, shit. Be, <laughs> DFS is going to be big because it's such a short season and it'll be a lot more stakes because there's less of an opportunity for people to play beyond the 60 games. So I think DFS is going to be like, this is the big year for DFS. Not that it's not a big year hey, already. In two weeks, I can start gambling on baseball again. Yeah. This is so exciting. Two weeks from tomorrow, dude, you can really do it. The dreams do come true. 
So don't forget, this is the Hey, It's Rico Palazzo baseball podcast. You can email the show, palazzopodcast, two L's, two Z's, at protonmail.com. Twitter, palazzopodcast, two L's, two Z's, at protonmail.com. And then Twitter, 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 Twitter. Just do Twitter, okay? Check us out. Uh, Deary, where can people find you on Twitter? You never mentioned that. Yeah, see Deary1999. See Deary1999, be there. All right, this has uh, been the show. Thanks for listening. We are out of here. We'll see you. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.